And we are live. Welcome to another edition of 30 Rack of Sports. It is episode 15, February 4th, 2020. Here to talk a little bit of Ohio sports news, a little bit of national news, talk about our Flyers, talk about FCC, and talk about a little Superb Owl that happened this week. The weekend. Puppy Bowl? The Puppy Bowl, yeah. I only watched the Puppy Bowl. I watched the Kitty Halftime Show. That was the best halftime show, I thought. Alrighty, well, I'm Greg. I'm totally kidding. <laughs> Kitty Halftime Show. And one of the voices that you heard is the man to my left, who uh, unfortunately might not be here for a lot longer if we can't strike a deal. He wants a 12-pack of beer per episode, but uh, we're not willing to negotiate there. Zach, are you willing to uh, meet me in the middle at six beers per episode? Never, never willing to meet in the middle. All right, and speaking of not wanting to meet in the middle. Is this about winning or about the beer, Zach? Uh, I want the beer, but I also want to win. Sounds like you're contradicting yourself. <laughs> well, and that voice over to your right is uh, to their also right? a voice of a little bit of tension in this podcast. A guy who Zach might want to loan out to Brighton if he keeps talking so much MLS on this podcast. On the ones and twos, Josh. Josh, how you doing? Doing fantastic. Uh, I won some interesting halftime props at the Super Bowl. Uh, we're back on 30 Rack. It's, uh, it's a little wet outside. Uh, I think it's raining all over Ohio right now, and we have a very aptly named beer for it today. So it's a good day for 30 Rack. Well, as we mentioned, we're going to talk a little bit of Ohio sports. A lot of national sports, baseball coming up, college basketball rolling into February, and the XFL getting ready to start. But first, we need a beer. Josh, you brought the beer today. What are we drinking on this fine evening in Ohio, this fine wet evening in Ohio? Greg, we are drinking a Lock 27 Brewing uh, Waterway. It's an American wheat beer Ooh. and uh, uh lot 27 uh up near uh, the centerville area up in dayton uh chose a dayton beer this week <laughs> did did you just use centerville as a point of reference to tell people where dayton is located that's usually the other way around oh, well yeah i meant it the other way around <laughs> like get off my case uh waterway is the beer american wheat uh we've got uh, a special reason why i chose a dayton beer that we'll get you know, to later cincinnati the place that's just south of west Chester. yeah exactly <laughs> see you can it, it goes both ways all right so as we're opening this beer there's one issue that i have here Reading the side of the can, the last sentence is clean and crisp with a refreshing citrus flavor brought by Michigan Tacoma Hops. It's Tahoma. Whoa. Well, okay. I got caught up on the Michigan part of it. Yeah. Well, you get, it's brewed and you get hops, like a lot of places get hops from Canada. Yeah, we don't, we don't have like, a, you know, an abundance of hops here Ohio's in Ohio. Ohio's not a good sometimes, place for hops. Sometimes we have to, you know, reach outside our, learn your, our borders. Learn your beer brewing before you start rolling in here i'm not talking about the hops not being from ohio it's getting all territorial being from michigan yeah. i thought you'd be very anti-michigan but hey i guess you know i'm the big yeah. ohio guy he's here. not a real buckeye oh no, shut the fuck you got to give him something it's brewed in ohio it was brewed in ohio and it's quite delicious wolverine mm. zach as we call him mm. Mm. Well, thank you lock uh, lock 27 brewing for uh, a delicious american wheat that's good that is good <laughs> It's actually very nice. I like the nice wheat flavor, but you know what I like almost as much as a nice beer? 
a little bit of college basketball in the news. Ooh. All righty, and we start in college basketball as we fumble our papers back and forth. Damn that. All right, we're ready. In a place that as Josh mentioned, is just north of Centerville <laughs> in Dayton, Ohio, with the Dayton Flyers. The Flyers had two wins during this week to improve to 9-0 uh, and in the A-10 conference and are now projected as a two-seed in Joe Lenardi's most recent bracketology. Wins over Duquesne Wednesday and Fordham Saturday bring the Flyers on quite the roll. Only, but still only a one-game lead over Rhode Island. Uh, in the game against Duquesne, Toppin, 22 points, 10 rebounds, 2 assists. Uh, Jalen Crutcher, 18 points, 5 rebounds, 6 assists. Crutcher did have a rough game against Fordham. Uh, only 3 points on 1 of 8 shooting, but one very overmatched Fordham team against these Dayton Flyers. But uh, a team that has shown that they can get it done in a multitude of ways, you know. Hanging on against Duquesne, blowing out the teams they should be. They've really been one of the probably four or five most complete teams in the nation this year, Zach. Yes. And no. I don't know. I mean, I know early in the year they played well, but um, played some stiffer competition. But uh, I don't know. I mean, yeah, they look good. I, I don't know what you get from a 7-14 and 14 Fordham team, though. Yeah, I mean, they, they, I think they are one of the most complete teams. I think their defense, excuse me, I think their defense is the only thing that really needs touched up. Right now they're sitting at 57th on Ken Palm rankings for defense. But, uh, but got, I believe they're the number one offense. Yeah, team yes. Ken Palm, so, so they're the number one offense. They're scoring 82.1 points per game. Uh, they have an extremely efficient uh, passing game. Uh, 21 of their 23 baskets against Fordham uh, were assisted on. They've got 18.8 assists per game. 62% of their field goals are getting assists on them. So they're just moving the ball very well. They create a lot of space. A lot of You see a lot of different things on their offense. If they can get a good defense together, because you need that defense come tournament time. And I think that's one of the things that they've kind of struggled with is finding that consistency on defense. And when they... <laughs> Sorry, Zach is just causing issues. No, you were like, all right, whatever. You way far away was from like, the mic. Yeah. But uh, the one issue that they've had on defense is when the shots aren't going in, they'd allow, they've allowed teams that they should be beating handily, like Duquesne, to get back into the game, you know. Uh, against Duquesne, they led by 19 with just 13 minutes to go, and it got all the way down to two mm. in the last minute. So it's one of those things that – You've seen it time and time again with those high-powered offensive teams that aren't balanced. Sometimes you go through five, six-minute stretches where you don't score, and when you can't stop a team and kind of keep it in front of you, it can get out of hand real quick against some very good teams. Yeah. I mean, I think some of it's, um, you know, I I think like again, to Greg's point where you're kind of letting teams back in, maybe some of that's just lack of focus, right? You know, where you're just kind of bored. No, I mean, yeah, I mean, it could be. Yeah. Like you said, I mean, the A-10 isn't exactly your Big Ten, ACC, Big 12, you know, Big 12 conferences where you're in a battle, you know, pretty much every night. They certainly have some days that they can, you know, kind of take off. But uh, speaking of kind of having to raise their level of competitiveness coming up this week, they play St. Louis on Saturday, who St. Louis, it took 
to an overtime buzzer beater to beat uh, when they played in St. Louis in January. And then um, Rhode Island a week from today on Tuesday, Rhode Island is 8-1 in the A-10. It's only a game behind them in the league. So certainly some stiffer competition, at least as much as the A-10 has to offer. So if they're really going to be the dominant team in one of these smaller leagues, say – what Gonzaga's done and, you know, what San Diego State's been able to do this year, you know, in some smart conferences in the WCC and uh, the no, Mountain, Mountain West and yeah. the Mountain West. So it will be real interesting to kind of see how things go forward. Um, from that one team to another team that Zach is happy to see kind of waking up, getting things back together. Um Two wins in a row with a win on Saturday, the Ohio State Buckeyes. Are we going to say on a winning streak, two in I a mean, row? It's, that's a winning streak, right? Anything more than one. All right, with a win on Saturday versus Indiana, 68-59 to 59 to get to 14-7, and 4-6 and six in the conference, currently projected as an eight seed by Joe Lenardi on ESPN. Dangerous eight seed. Uh, Caleb Wesson, uh, after a couple of rough shooting games, was 7th for 12 from the floor with 15 points and 11 rebounds. Brother Andre had uh, 10 points and 4 assists. And then C.J. Walker who has picked up some of the slack. Mm-hmm. He had uh, 14 points and four assists in 36 minutes. He was actually the leading minute getter for the Buckeyes. Yeah. Um, He's the only point guard on the roster right now, obviously with uh, Carton taking his leave of absence right now. So, yeah, he's been picking up the slack big time. Yeah, so for those of you that didn't hear, uh, Buckeyes were off during the middle of the week. Uh, you know, no midweek game, only only a game during the weekend. So, uh, DJ... Carton tweeted out on Thursday. Uh, he had a nice little note that he wrote on Twitter that he was stepping away from the team to deal with some um, mental health issues. He said it's been something that he's been dealing with for a number of years. Uh, so something that you know we certainly wish him the best with. Um, I know Chris Holtman, uh, Ohio State plays at Michigan tonight, and said as of right now, no update on his return. It's certainly it difficult. Yeah. Um, it's going to take some time, and obviously he's a dynamic player who at various points has picked up some of the slack, um, so he's going to be sorely missed. But obviously, you know, I think Holtman and I know um, Miller, you know, I use Coach even said, um, you know, said some nice words. You know, obviously that's the most important thing right now is he gets that fixed. So, um, yeah, I mean, I'm happy two wins in a row. I think, you know, avenge the loss to IU from a few weeks ago, completely different team from when they played previously where Weston really got pushed around in the middle and he really carried the load this weekend or yeah, over the weekend and really pushed um, Indiana around in the paint. And uh, the big thing I thought was, you know, they kept the turnovers down. That's, that's been such a fucking crutch. They could not hold on to the damn ball. Um, I think they had 10 turnovers to IU's 13. So um, much cleaner game. And that's what, you know, you play cleaner, you're going to have an opportunity to win. So that's just what they got to keep doing. That looked like a really complete game, and I think mm-hmm. I think you can you need to look for like who can you use now now that Carton's gone. Um, like Justin Aaron's, he's shooting forty point five percent from the arc, but has yeah. the lowest usage. Uh, he's only used fifteen percent of the time. If you can feed someone like that the ball, you know those are the kind mm-hmm. of guys you have to give the opportunities to come February. Right. See if you can't get them hot for the tournament. Um, if Ohio State can make the tournament. Oh, whoa. <laughs> They're hanging on. That's yeah, right now, <laughs> right now, uh, about to start the battle for 11th place in the conference at Michigan. But yeah. I think the one thing that maybe is a pretty good sign for Ohio State is just the consistency against Indiana. You know, when they played last time, 
I believe they had a lead at halftime and let it get away. And the big problem yeah. that they've had is they've just given up too many of these, you know, 10-0, 8-0 runs during the middle of games, and maybe they'll go on runs themselves, but it'll be one of those things up by five, down by five, tie it up, down by double digits, and then the game gets away from you. Uh, you know, they were up by double digits at halftime against Indiana, and it never really got below, I believe, uh, nine until the very, very end right. of the game, and it was just kind of, you know, it was all pretty much said and done at that point. So it was one of those things where Ohio State was able to build that lead and keep it. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the things that they've really struggled with because you've seen all season, they have the talent to get ahead and beat mm-hmm. a lot of these very talented teams. But just one, being able to do it, and two, I mean, being able to do it on the road, which is a whole different story for all of college basketball this year. But yeah, at least a good struck, step yeah. in the right direction, getting a good home win oh. and you know getting some momentum going to Michigan tonight. Yeah, still got a long way to go, though, so we'll Spe- see. Speaking of momentum and good home wins, uh, <laughs> how about the Bearcats? So the Bearcats, huge week for them, uh, getting themselves back into the bubble, the NCAA tournament conversation. Sad that you're proud that they're on the bubble, but uh, hey, Josh. <laughs> wins at home versus SMU, 65-43, and versus, uh, at that point, ranked Houston, 64-62 on Saturday, they improved to 14 and 7, 7 and 2 in the AAC. Uh, currently part of Joe Lenardi's uh, next four out, kind of right on that line with Xavier between first four and next Ugh. four out. Uh, against uh, two very kind of different ways of getting things done. Like first SMU only allowed 43 points against a team that averages 75 points, and their lowest totals of the year were 59 against Evansville and hadn't scored less than 62 points in all of conference play. They shot uh, 26% from the floor and 28% from uh, three-point. Jaron Cumberland finally waking up here, starting to look like the American player of the year. 28 points, nine rebounds. Keith Williams, another 13 points for them to get that win. But the big win, Josh, a 64-62 win against Houston, down 15 with 13 minutes left, 53-38. Held Houston to four points in the last 9.48 of the game, including one field goal, and able to come back and get that 64-62 win. We're going to talk about the bite. But the big moment. <laughs> yes, yes, there was there was a biting, yeah. <laughs> With 6.16 left in the game, there was a whistle for a jump ball, kind of a scrum ball rolling around on the Houston offensive end, originally called a jump ball. Then it went into a review, and I know I was at the game, so I was just standing there in the upper deck wondering what the heck was going on, was trying to watch the replay for any sort of elbows or something, didn't really know what had Maybe happened. Maybe you should just pay attention to the game, get off your cell phone. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, I was, it's easy to see a bite. Since. I was watching it on TV, and they were just all of a sudden in, in review, and I'm like, what are they reviewing? And they kept showing the replay and showing the replay, and it's just like, what? What is going on? It wasn't until they found a new angle and kind of zoomed in where you could kind of see dude bite Keith. Well, so it was alleged that he that he had bitten Keith. And it was when he was falling down, he allegedly beat, bit Keith. And that's what everybody was saying. But the thing was, it came out after the game. There was a video that... I don't. He may or may not have bitten Keith Williams, but actually on the ground there is a video of him biting the thigh 
of Mamadou Diarra. Oh yeah, that's right. And yeah. you can see the video. He comes to the ground, and you can just see the skin kind of snap back after a bite. So, uh, so wait, he allegedly bit two people? Well, so there was a thought that he bit one guy, but then there was actually a video yeah. that showed that he bit one. That's so. what I'm saying. So, the, but it's a different person. Yeah. So but then they still think he bit the other guy. Well, it's maybe, potential maybe. that he built, bit one guy. So that was the big <laughs> Look, thing. We'll all get to our bitten legs a little sooner or later. But the fact <laughs> of the matter is, is that I didn't have to worry about biting anymore. I thought that was like a kindergarten thing. I really didn't. Yeah, I mean, we had we had uh, in an FC Cincinnati match a, a biting thing two years ago. But other than that, there there hasn't been a whole lot of biting in sports anymore. Well, so I don't know I, what provoked him. To- <laughs> I heard about it, uh, especially on the back of the leg. There was a different so podcast that I was thing. listening to, and they were. You saying, listen to other podcasts. You when were? was the last time you bit someone? <laughs> Not in the bedroom, Zach. <laughs> I, it's it's been a, it's been a while. I, mean, I, I don't really have the regular taste. For I was gonna flesh, say so. maybe like four years old or something. Like uh, that. Never, because I'm not a fucking psychopath. Like, well, who's biting? All right, people? let's not let's not go that far. You're not a biting <laughs> psychopath. Whether or not you're not a complete psychopath That's, is a very different story. So you got we'll one game, right? You got one game. So I think the moral of the yeah. story is try not to bite people. So the the timeline on this was so Jarrell was ejected. And then after the game, Kelvin Sampson, who believed that the uh, incident in question, I, I think, was the Williams bite. So he didn't see anything, and he came out strongly saying, look, I watched it three times. I did not see a bite. I believe a word Kelvin Sampson And says. then the next day, <laughs> I believe, was shown the other video or, you know, had just finally gotten a good look or finally admitted that he was wrong and said, yes, I did see the bite. So they suspended Drew for one game. Um, one happens, game for simple assault? Like, happens, what is this? Well, also, one game when they play uh, the lowly Tulane Green Wave. Oh, in no, he game. gets to yeah. have some rest. So the AAC uh, chimed in, said they agree with the one-game suspension. So they, they said they called it acceptable or something. Acceptable? Yeah, they accept it. So I don't know. He's an adult like, man who what, bit another yeah, adult like, man. That's what I was like. What if they? What if he had bit you? What if he had come to your desk and just bit you on the back of the leg? How would you feel? One game. And like Give I him said, one game. You could see the. You could see the skin just and just snap back, this, and you're just like, this Ugh. is weird. Ugh. At least Mike Tyson took something with him. Like I mean, this is weird. Well, the other thing was, what you want him to take a piece of? <laughs> I mean, I guess. What, what are you doing? So just giving a little nibble. The one, the other thing was with Mike. It's like Tyson. my girlfriend likes it. <laughs> I, maybe I don't know. I don't know if he was out there and just caught caught up in the heat of the moment. I don't know. But with the Mike Tyson thing, I, he was, personally, he was getting never... head butted, and like you know, there was actually like physical altercation going on. This guy, he just went down to the yeah, ground I and mean, just that's what bit I'm a guy. It was the weirdest thing I've ever seen. And I mean, I've never taken a good look at the back of Mamadou Diarra's legs, so I don't know. Oh, it's <laughs> maybe, maybe it's very Them tantalizing. I don't know. <laughs> Them juicy thighs, boys. Hey, hey uh, to each his own. With the, whatever uh, they want to do in Houston, that's fine. All right. Well, well in some other non-biting Cincinnati news, uh, a chance to work their way potentially firmly back into the tournament with games at Wichita on Thursday and at UConn on Sunday at noon. But late news coming out today, uh, backup center Jay Sorolla, uh, a graduate transfer from Valparaiso, announced that he was uh, leaving the program and going to pursue professional opportunities in Europe. Uh, a guy from Spain who was averaging uh, three points and two and a half rebounds 
in 11 minutes had only played 15 good, games. Good, good, good luck on those professional so, aspirations. <laughs> don't really know what the heck happened there. Uh, did look kind of lost his last few games at Cincinnati. I believe some of his minutes were probably going to DR, although him and DR were kind of playing in the backup role together. But I guess decided with like a month and a half left in the season that what is he, maybe I shouldn't play another like 10 games. I should go to Europe. Was he going to go play Latvia or something? Yeah, in the Latvian uh, trunk meet league where uh, <laughs> LiAngelo and LaMelo Ball played for a little bit. Yeah, play. Yeah, that's um Good luck, guy. I don't know what to yeah, say. I mean, uh, he, yeah, I mean, he wasn't really getting hardly any minutes at all. John Brandon said that this is not going to really affect anything. <laughs> Good riddance. Good riddance. So, I don't know. Um, Maybe was, you just told him, like, hey, if you're going to play Stinky, you're going to be on the bench. <laughs> so he's like, all right, then, to Europe I mean, to go play in the Latvian track. Right, right. Latvian, it out uh, for a little bit. I don't, I don't know. The Bearcats still have a lot to work uh, a lot of work to do though they still have to finish out this tough stretch i mean they really need to get the the conference bid but there's they still they missed 12 uh free throws in that game against houston yeah they were five was, from 16 from the three-point arc so you, you got you can't be missing 12 th- free throws in a game yeah jaron was you can't uh, be only making five threes five for 12 from the in field goals but also five for 12 from the free throw line could not hit the front end of two free throws to save his life. He would clank the first one and yeah. swish the second you one. You gotta find that stroke. I have man. no idea how that works. But you gotta uh, find the stroke. They're just also just they're just lacking in depth on offense so much. I mean, aside from what a Mick Cronin <laughs> roster lacking on, in depth man. on the offensive end. Aside from Trey Scott, uh, vote Jaron uh, Cumberland and Keith Williams. Uh, there was only nine points from other players. So is that good? Uh, not not necessarily. Okay. That doesn't provide a whole lot of depth for you come tournament time if we make it. Do you know what depth means, Greg? Can you uh, be familiar? Can you Merriam-Webster that for us? Kind of uh, like, like one a, guy scoring all the points. That's Mick Cronin's that's a, definition. Oh, that's a of lack depth. of depth. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> a dearth. Of now, depth. Uh, that's what I'm getting at. Yeah. Mick Cronin's Mick Cronin's definition is, you know how I spell fun? W I N. Offense, defense, win. That was a Mick Cronin quote for you, by the way. Uh, Lovely. Uh, yeah. Thank you for bringing that up. I'm glad he brought that to Westwood with so, him. So, <laughs> uh, someone who's not in the tournament or the first or next four out, the UCLA Bruins, but one conference that is certainly going to send a team, hopefully an Ohio team, to the tournament. Of course, one of everyone here's favorite conference, the MAC. <clears throat> Action. Uh, Action. Two big games on Friday. First off, Kent State holding off Akron in Kent 68-67. Danny Pippen for Kent had 20 points and 12 rebounds to lead Kent to the victory. Uh, Interesting stat from both of these teams. Both Akron and Kent had four starters and double figures, but only six points off the bench for both teams. So you talk about depth. Those are two teams that... Certainly struggle with that, and obviously in the yeah. low major conferences, you kind of rely on everybody, but uh, or you kind of rely on a couple guys to to pick up the the slack for everybody. But certainly worrisome. Uh, on the other side of the state, to Bowling Green, Bowling Green beat Buffalo, seventy eight seventy seven, uh, behind Justin Turner's twenty three points. They were down eleven at halftime, but able to storm back and beat Buffalo by one point. Uh, Bowling Green currently. Leads the MAC, and uh, 
is projected as a 14 seed in Joe Lenardi's bracket. They got, they got their uh, their first vote. They got one vote in the AP poll <laughs> this week. It is their first vote in the AP poll who, since who, two. Who, who voted for a, four, a projected 14 seed? I, hey, they're 17 and five. I, even one in the conference had I that mean, big comeback. A, a against lot of Butler. the voters. It's, a lot. A lot of the voters use their number 25 vote to make yeah. a statement. So. It's a statement. Bowling right. Green's first vote in the AP poll since 2002. That's a great year. You know why? So High State won the national championship. So. Oh, gosh. <laughs> well, one other note from uh, Mac Basketball. Not exactly a basketball stat, but something that had some unintended consequences in the basketball world. The Central Michigan-Miami game last Tuesday was canceled due to coronavirus concerns. Uh, apparently, uh, a student and another traveler had went to the well, region we, of China. We drink craft beer on this yeah, show. Yeah, we don't so. drink corona. Maybe try a lime. You'll feel better. <laughs> Get Lyme disease as well with the coronavirus. Oh, oh, man. <laughs> but uh, due to that, both the men's and women's games were canceled. Uh, but Miami looks to be back at home tonight against the Western Michigan uh, I guess those concerns have been quelled, so you can go back to drinking your Coronas or your limes, but we prefer some nice craft beer from Lock 27. So A good waterway on a watery day. On a watery day. Well, <laughs> to a little bit brighter pastures from the Mac, we go into the Horizon, or as Zach likes the to call it. The Grow Horizon. Hey, this team's, you know what this team's near? They're near Centerville. Are they? Which, yeah. are where, they where Lock 27 is. <laughs> Uh, so, quick, this might give it away a little bit, but uh, quick <laughs> trivia for both of you guys. Do you know who has the most road wins out of any team in Ohio this year? I know. I know. What's Wright State? It's, it's the Wright State Raiders. The Wright Raiders. State Raiders are 7-2 and two on the road. Uh, just to kind of uh, compare that to some of the power conference teams, Ohio State, Cincinnati, and Xavier are all 2-4 and four on the road. So... <laughs> Uh, one of those teams that has to go and play some difficult road games, able to get some wins. Uh, Wright State, though, had a little bit of an up-and-down weekend in the Wisconsin swing. Uh, win Friday at Milwaukee 65-61, but a tough loss at Green Bay 92-89 on Sunday. Gotta watch Aaron Rodgers, man. Kill you. Uh, <laughs> Wright State still holds a lead in the horizon at 9-1. and one. Uh, but their big issue in this game was allowing Green Bay and Aaron Rodgers apparently to shoot <laughs> 55% from the field. Their previous three games all wins. They allowed the uh, competition to shoot 38, 40, and 41% from the floor, but allowed Green Bay to shoot over 50% and allowed 53 points in the second half. So uh, as far as a right state team, they're, they're a team that's kind of up and down offensively, but kind of hangs their hat on defense, been able to hold, you know, uh, a good Northern Kentucky team to 58 points, able to hold Milwaukee at only 61, but just kind of let everything get away from them in the second half against Green Bay. Still have a two or a one game lead on the Norse of Northern Kentucky in the Horizon League. So, Wright State versus Detroit on Thursday and versus Oakland on Saturday, currently also projected as a 14 seed by Joe Lenardi in Bracketology. So, uh, Right now, four teams from Ohio projected to make the tournament uh, with, or I'm sorry, five teams with one just on the just outside. Just on the outside. Is that, is that your new single? I don't know. 
Uh, yeah, I, I think it'd be awesome. I think I really believe that all of them can do it. Uh, be it Bowling Green or whoever from the Mac. Well, Mac always them. runs through the East, which is Ohio and Buffalo. And yeah, it's all Ohio, and then yeah, Buffalo. yeah, it's all right. Ohio. Yeah, so Ohio I, I think Bowling Green has a shot. Uh, I think Akron could still have a shot too. Um, maybe Kent State. Maybe. Why are um, we discounting the Penguins from Youngstown State or hanging around? That's right. Third? Yeah, yeah. The uh, YSU PD, the Penguin, uh, could, <laughs> could make it in March. The greatest March, logo. March, the March of the Penguins. Oh, it's such a sad movie. Oh my god. <laughs> oh my goodness. It, it is. is. It's, it's they terribly got sad. Cute little movie. flippers, and then. Uh, uh, well, before we get well, too much into, a movie, I think. <laughs> before we get too much into the trenches in uh, Zach's March of the Penguin <laughs> review, uh, just to wrap up college basketball with uh, a team that plays just north of Cincinnati, just south of Westchester, sorry, wow. in Norwood, the hood, the Xavier Musketeers, uh, one and one this year, or one and one this week with uh, a loss in two overtimes first Marquette Thom Brenneman on the call uh, one of my favorites hey, Tom Josh. and then but a big win at top 10 Seton Hall on Saturday uh, we're able to out rebound the Pirates 51 to 22 and get their way get themselves back into the last four in Tyreek Jones 19 and 18 rebounds uh, Najee Marshall 19 points 10 rebounds so Xavier and Cincinnati right there on the uh, weird edge of being in. Cincinnati looking to creep their way back into the tournament when it looked like both of these teams were kind of uh, looking yeah. to be maybe NIT. I mean, Xavier, Xavier at that in, in that Marquette game looked kind of like uh, the kind of Xavier team getting hot. I mean, Najee Marshall hit that uh, bomb three at the end to send it to overtime right at the top. Um, and, I mean, that's the kind of – Xavier team that you're used to seeing come February where they're just that clutch at the end of the games. They couldn't get it done all the way, but I mean, that's a tough conference to play in right now. But so I think the I one, don't, I don't think that they can make it. The one issue that I have, Ohio you're team such a Xavier, you're such it. a Xavier fan. Josh. I love yeah, No, I can't say that. <laughs> the one, uh, the one big problem that I see with Xavier is just being able to take the most out of their opportunities. Obviously a big win at Seton hall, but had had some opportunities so far in the Big East to get some wins over some lesser competition, and I've been able to do it. Um, first Marquette, uh, potential national player of the year, Marcus Howard, who actually leads the league in scoring, went out with a head injury with about halfway through the second half. Uh, Xavier was not able to capitalize on that, and he handles a bulk of the scoring for Marquette. But they were able to find scoring from somewhere else and you know figure out a way to win, so... Not a great sign for Xavier. Uh, one step in the right direction, but sure. if I had to put my money on one of these Cincinnati area teams to make it to the tournament, it would probably be the Bearcats at this point. They're trending up where Xavier's kind of teetering mm. on the edge. Go Bearcats! I, Go Bearcats! I'm sorry, I'm the I'm the biggest proudest UC alum here because I didn't even come prepared to talk about Xavier. So, no comment. <laughs> I, we got to talk about them so we can hate on them. Right. Speaking of another team that I'm kind of a hater for, but Josh is a big fan of, and Zach is a huge musical fan of. Uh, in our MLS updates, <laughs> FC Cincinnati signs Jurgen Locata. He's got a beautiful singing voice. That's all I'm gonna say. Online from on loan from Brighton and Hove Albion. He is uh, online as well. He is online on YouTube. Okay, if you want to listen to any of those the chat. <laughs> sweet. Uh, <laughs> 
<laughs> Sweet beats he's throwing down. A five-month loan with a buy option. Um, with Brighton, he had three goals and 34 appearances. Was on loan with uh, Hoffenheim earlier this year. Four goals and 11 games. Uh, the 26-year-old Dutch player will be signed as a designated player. Josh, don't really know a whole lot about this guy. Don't really look too far in the relegation zone of the EPL, but uh, do you have any thoughts on this new signing for FC Cincinnati? Yeah, I think it's a great signing. Um, they also added uh, Adrian Ragaton uh, to the mid for some uh, midfield depth, um, but this will be, this is, the, you know, FC Cincinnati was looking for that that number 10, that, that playmaker, you know, the tactical creator uh, for their offense, and I think they found it. Just to put it into perspective, um, MLS has seven players that are valued over $10 million on transfer market. Uh, and they all play for Atlanta or at one of the LA clubs. You've got Jose Martinez, Carlos Vela, Pitti, Pavan, Rosi Barca, Chicharito now. Chicharito! Those are the top seven. That all sounds made up, by the way, those names. Well, dude, Javier Hernandez, a.k.a. Chicharito, don't you dare. Shurgan don't you Lo- dare. Jurgen Locadia is the number eighth. So when you're, you know, up there with uh, Atlanta United and LAFC and the Galaxy and you get a signing like that, I mean, that just shows the ambition from this front office. And that's a team that wants to finish second to last in the league and not get another wooden yeah, spoon. You know, it's, right? it's, a, it's a step in the right direction. So we'll see. Uh, season's coming up only about uh, less than a month away now. So I'm so we'll jacked. I know so you are. Jacked. I know you are. You're putting a whole musical together for us. <laughs> I, I can't wait to see it. I'm excited. And also, uh, some of the early uniform uh, updates have been released, oh but the full oh release God. is on Wednesday. I had a jeer. I had a G. I'll, I'll wait for next week to Okay, um, but so. yeah, they're all based off the 1990, I believe 1992 USA jerseys. So they have the three stripes on the left shoulder. Kind of a weird design. I saw the new crew jersey already. It's I love, Pretty man. Uh, I, I actually love the crew jersey. I am disgusted with the FC Cincinnati jersey. Why are they we changing can get their jerseys? It. They change jerseys every. Soccer likes to do it about every yeah. season, every two seasons. Well, they they usually uh. change one jersey every season. So usually they'll do home jerseys one year, away jerseys every year. Other year. I like sports with tradition. I, I knew we, I knew you were gonna go there. I knew, <laughs> keep it pure, man. Keep yeah, it pure. yeah. I mean, the you know. I know it's a whole your whole Gen Z thing or whatever you want to call it. Oh yeah, because big <laughs> we, fan of we, Ohio State just showing up in the random black jersey. Whoa, 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 that's of, once you know, a year and they're baller. Uh, oh, so those are baller. But anyone else trying to take? They don't a go? change it for a whole year. It's just one game. They probably Get should change straight, those jerseys. Right, before you come up, in probably there. should change those jerseys to you something mean, actually that doesn't make me want to puke. You mean, but you uh, speaking of Columbus, uh, one other note. Well, you mean the city? The city's just north of uh, Dublin. By the way, uh, that's no, like I'm talking. The, like, I'm talking about the city just southwest of Gahanna, the, uh, the hometown of uh, one Will Trap, who was uh, the crew traded to Inter Miami FC for one hundred thousand dollars, up to three hundred thousand dollars, depending on incentives. Now, this is kind of a big move because Trap was a hometown favorite. Uh, a Gahanna Lincoln grad, spent two years at Akron and then had been with the crew since 2013. He's been the captain since 2017 and a 2016 All-Star. Was a guy who had kind of declined the last year or so. Uh, was looking Jesus. to move to Europe. Uh, 
the crew was like, okay, you can move to Europe. <laughs> Didn't really seem like Europe had any uh, any interest. So he moved to the Europe of the States, a.k.a. Florida. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I guess good for both teams. Got himself uh, a nice little beach condo. I mean... That sounds like a step up. I mean, I love Columbus. I'm just saying, though, that sounds like a step up, my hand. Whoa. Don't you dare. He's taking his talents to sell. You can't, you can't not go to a Marlins game in Columbus, though. So That's true. I'd rather much like go to a Clippers game, so. Well, from uh, one kind of Clippers to the Columbus Clippers, and a former Columbus Clipper... Oh, 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 okay. All right. Wait, where are you jumping? Oh, you're not going to cover your, um, you're not going to cover your cast? Oh, yeah, we do have to jump in real quick. Unprofessional. To, sorry, my notes are on I'm the one up. who made the outline. You're the one that made the outline and screwed it up. All right, just a quick touch on both of the winter sports pro teams from the state of Ohio, starting in Columbus with the Jackets. Jackets just got back from there winter break after the all-star break i guess every team gets a mandated week off so half the teams got it the week before the all-star break half the teams got it the week after it's weird so columbus came back on saturday played eight saturday and sunday uh with an overtime loss at buffalo on saturday a 4-3 win at montreal on sunday so uh big winning streak here for the jackets at least as far as not losing in regulation they have not lost in regulation since the 9th of january they're on fire still looking great starting to get healthier versus montreal pierre luc dubois dubois <laughs> from quebec had two goals and quebec. an assist so jackets firing in all cylinders going into next week playing at home against florida tonight and then played detroit and colorado this weekend with a chance to move further up and uh really have a chance to if they keep this up take control of the metropolitan division jackets have been on a roll from one team that's been on a roll to a team that's been honestly on anything but are we going just north of north royalton we're going just to a little village north. called I, cleveland I hate just guys. a little village called cleveland you guys are gonna love me. never gonna let me live that down no never no, in your no. life so the Cavs finished off this week one and three um, have lost 10 of their last 11, um, have lost twice to the Knicks in that time with an overtime loss against the Knicks, who just fired their president after beating the Cavs. Oof. So great to hear. Um, half the team doesn't want to play for them. The other half is young guys that just are trying to figure out what the heck's going on. Um, the NBA trade deadline's Thursday, and um, they should trade everyone. Thoughts? Everyone, that, that's, your, that, that's your hot take. Greg's hot take is they're going to get rid of the whole team. There's Does anybody fold. even want Kevin Love? He's not tradable. There's no market for him. No, they would have to attach assets to get rid of him <laughs> right. at this point. They would have to pay his salary. Do you want him for I bet they would have no market for that. Um, no, they would They would have no market. I mean, he, was, he played okay in their last game, but he's been so up and down because he doesn't really care that someone has to go to him and be like, Kevin, we're trying to get rid of you. <laughs> But we can't do it if you're a garbage asset that's severely <laughs> overpaid. At least be a mediocre asset that's severely overpaid. Did have 33 points, but uh, that game was kind of a slap fest when the second leading scorer is Marcus Morris for the next. Oof. You know, pretty much anyone's getting pockets in that game. Wow. <laughs> so. Yikes, bikes. 
not exactly the greatest stretch for the Cavs, but like we said, trade deadline on Wait, Thursday. Is Beeline back next year? Yeah. Really? Okay. Yeah. Uh, I don't know about that. We'll give him one more year. Yeah, I'll give yeah. him one more year. Just because the GM doesn't want to. If, if he's gone, then the Kobe GM's doesn't want to handle what? Oh, too soon. Okay. Too soon. Oh, Altman, Kobe, Kobe yeah, Altman. It took me a second to realize. <laughs> Different Kobe. Alrighty, from he's with a y. Cleveland in the round ball realm to Cleveland in the baseball realm. Uh, both still round balls. Just saying. Well, with the stitches, it's a little bit. Oh, okay. You a know, little if bit oblong. The stitches are raised right. or something. Yeah, it's a little bit oblong. Not oblong. Okay. But. Uh, Zach, if you want to handle this segment, Frankie mm. Lindor giving an interview recently at ESPN saying some, uh, giving us some mixed messages. What does he want out of us, Zach? Does he not like I, us? I mean, I just wanted to know that people are going all crazy on the Indians Twitter. You had half the fans reading into this. Basically, it was a very long interview. He hasn't given an interview. It was at Tribe Fest, which was up in Cleveland um, over the weekend. And, um, you know, made some comments, obviously some questions about, um, you know, basically stated, yeah, I love Cleveland. I'd like to stay in Cleveland. Um, the city's really grown on me. I'm here to win a championship. I want to bring a championship. Um, meanwhile, later in the interview, also stating, you know, obviously with free agency coming up, what, um, you know, if he wanted to sign with Cleveland, obviously he said he did, but obviously they haven't offered him, as he said, the right thing. I'm Weird way to say it. I think he means money. Uh, <laughs> but then would go on to say, it's not about the money. He wants to win championships. Um, and then meanwhile, also later in the interview, stating how he's looking for like $500 million. Um, check it out on ESPN. There is an article. I kind of it's, it's a long interview, um, but Indians Twitterverse was going off the chain about the whole interview. He had half the segment basically saying, you know, he's going to stay. The Dolans need to pay him. And then the other half upset about him being somewhat contradictory. But it is it is a very... It contradictory interview, especially when you read the article, because you've got him talking. Yeah, he starts off with not getting the right thing, and he references to like a five hundred million contra- contract and says, "quote Anybody wants that." But then would also immediately switch into, "I'm not money driven. I'm championship driven." And I, I, I don't think it's as contradictory as people. I mean, yes, yeah, on surface. The, the level. comment, the comment that gets me is he says, "quote It has to do with championships. The front office tries to put a team together to win, not to save money. They're supposed to try to put a team together to win, and I'm here to try and win." Right, and I think that's a little dig at the Dolans, and that's been my point. It's my dig. I think I've dug. Yeah, they, I've seen them several times already. We only had 15 episodes into this thing, but. uh I think I get why building is contradictory. It's I don't see it that way. I think one, this is the key. He hasn't inter- had an interview all off season. He started all off season how he's going to be traded. Shows up to this fan event. I think he was venting, and I think I think it was a very interesting insight into what these guys go through when you're weighing these free agency options. Is I think he well, it's a balance. You want to win, but you're expected and. To take market value, you know, you yeah. want market value. So I think it's that constant and weighing all these variables. One of the other things is, you know, there are a ton of pressures. One, he wants to win. Two, obviously, there's a connection to Cleveland. Mm-hmm. But he doesn't want to get jerked around by the front office. And two, right. he wants to make market value, one, for his own pockets, but two, for the next good player. You know, a lot yes, of that's times the market. when people, yeah, when people try to take less money, you get some pressure from the players' association mm-hmm. saying, hey, we... We need these contracts right. to kind of 
show that we're in a good place for the next big players. So certainly kind of a difficult situation. I mean, Zach, what's your percentage chance that the Indians would re-sign Lindor? Zero. They made their best offer two springs ago when I can't remember the year. I think it was six, seven years, $130 million, and he obviously turned that down. Um, I... I don't think there's any chance. I don't think there. He even kind of mentioned something like you know a 280 million dollar deal range, um, which sadly, when we saw what Machado and uh, Harper got, who I think are not near the players all around that Lindor is, um, you know, you would think might be something the Indians could afford. The Dolans are not going to fork out that kind of. Money. They've made that clear. Well, and I mean, you got to look at I, I, Manny Machado, and Bryce Harper. You know, those guys got. I think Francisco Lindor is a step above those guys, right. at least in terms of the past two seasons, and they're getting the kind of deals yeah. that there are. So I mean, it's it's not it's not crazy to think Francisco Lindor is guaranteed a half billion dollar deal. Five hundred million dollars is not a crazy yeah. idea. It's really not. And Cleveland's not going to do that. They're not going to do that. And um, you know, I think kind of his little dig there at the Dolans about you know it's about not saving money. That's kind of my whole point with. Oh, it's a toy. The team's supposed to be a toy. You shouldn't be trying to run it like a business. They constantly talk about, oh, it's a business. It is a business to an extent, but like, you shouldn't be trying to make money. That's what the Dolans are trying to do. And also, I think the rumors that they're trying to sell a team are true. And a lot of times, ownership that's possibly looking to sell a team or a large stake in the team is apprehensive about offering long-term. Those are, those right. are liabilities to a new ownership group. Yeah, unless you can get out of it, because that was one of the things right. with uh, the Marlins deal was uh, with Loria, it was very backloaded, so they could pay a little bit, mm-hmm. get rid of him when they needed to, and then and then be able to sell the team. So uh, last year, just for some context, the Indians were 22nd in the league in payroll with uh, just under $108 million on the books. So a big deal, 30-plus million dollars a year, would be about a third of the cap for, or a third of, their payroll and he wants a 10-year deal and the indians are just never going to give someone that kind of length of a deal because they can't afford to be paying i mean look at the vado deal in a way i mean i know he's not terrible but he's had some drop off there and that contract doesn't look real great right now and that's just the natural situation when you got these 10-year deals you know you're going to be paying dead money yeah and the indians won't you know by the end of that 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 you're not especially at the age that some of these guys get these 10-year contracts you know you're going to be eating some of that money in the past couple years but uh, yeah i i i'm curious to see how they play this because they seem reluctant to trade him at least for the past couple months they have but well, now they, 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 want deals on the t- they want the house. The Indians right. are asking for the house, and that's where the Indians always work, and they should ask for the house. And I think right now, this is still a team that won 93 games last year. I mean, yeah. and they have yeah. a, a slight upgrade at second base, and they really didn't lose. Kluber barely pitched last year and was not effective when he did. They really didn't lose anybody. Um, Puig, mm, and yeah, that's, Puig, Puig's not a lost I cause. Mean, I mean, I, I know – some of the Indians front office shot that down that they could bring him back. We'll see after two weeks of spring training if he's still hanging around. I think that's a possibility. But um, plus Lindor, man, he's such a marketable personality, and you know his agents in his ear, like because LA and New York are going to go hard after him and free And you know they're like, man, you know, you got a nice little T-Mobile New Balance deal right now, but you'll get a lot more. In New York or L.A. Yeah, you'll be able to make money on and off the yeah. field. All right, uh, just one last thing to kind of lighten it up just at the very end. Uh, best thing I saw from the Indians Tribe Fest came from uh, 
Reddit user uh, u slash Fluffy Corgi Butts eighty six. <laughs> Uh, great, great user. Great, great username who painted, uh, who made a little uh, sketch. It was the Cleveland Corgians that featured pictures of uh, corgis such as Delino de Corgis, Francisco Lynn Corgi, Brad Paw, and Tyler Nacorg. So, uh, cool little picture. We'll tweet it out at 30 Rack Podcast. That, that, that is really good. Also, on Facebook I thought the coolest thing I saw was someone brought a little baby goat. And J Ram, Jose Ramirez hanging out with his little goat buddy. I thought that was dope. So certainly a lot of fun to see from uh, all around at Tribe Fest. From one exciting thing that is a little apprehensive to the city of Cleveland to something that makes the city of Cincinnati a little apprehensive. Some news from north of the Ohio border. Mark D'Antonio retiring from Michigan State. He had been the coach there since 2007. Uh, Before he was the coach there, he was the Ohio State defensive coordinator from 2001 to 2003 and the UC head coach from 2004 to 2006. Uh, Uh, Can you give me, like, where is Michigan State in relation to Flint, Michigan? (laughs) That I don't know about. (laughs) But uh, I think it's South. Very interesting time. For a him, paces, so. <laughs> interesting time for him to retire, but uh, when you kind of look into the details, uh, there was a little clause in his contract that said he got $4.3 million guaranteed if he was on staff past January 15th. So, sly dog, Antonio. <laughs> sly sly dog. dog, yeah. Yeah, and there's all that crazy stuff with the ex-staffer who's suing them, claiming uh, wrongful termination and that he uh, broke several NCAA recruiting violations as well with some five-star recruits. So um, I'm going to go ahead and take a wild stab in the dark that this was just not him like, eh, <laughs> I don't want to do this anymore. I think this was, maybe eh, maybe not coming down. Yeah, well, there's, there's been a lot of stuff going on at Michigan State over the last what year. I mean, it, it announced... <laughs> It, it was announced on, on in a tweet. Like, there was no big, you know, event or press conference. Press conference. Oh, yeah, yeah, like yeah that would normally have tweet. a press conference, yeah. Um, I, the Luke Fickle talk, I just don't – every time every time a program like this, a coach They've leaves – They've said that that's their number one target. Well, yeah, I was oh, going to yeah, say – Plenty of schools have said that before. Well, yeah, but that's – it's very different. It's different when Boston College oh, yeah. or Virginia Tech's going after or you. Or Virginia Virgin- Military Institute but, or whatever. Uh, down. Just to go off – Josh's point says the two leading candidates that uh, have come up for the job are Pittsburgh head coach Pat Narduzzi, who was a Ooh, former Michigan the State doozy. assistant, and then Luke Fickle, who uh, interestingly enough has a strikingly <laughs> similar resume to Mark D'Antonio, previously the Ohio State defensive coordinator and currently the UC head coach. What did you? So, what was your nickname for him before the show? Big Dick Fick. <laughs> Luke Fickle putting it all on the table, getting this team to double-digit wins the last two years. Um, he's been a guy that UC should do everything in their power to try to keep. But when they come money, when they come talking with the big money, yeah, I mean money talks. The only the only thing that I will say about this is going back to my earlier point about his nickname. He does have about seven kids. I mean, so homeboy. <laughs> I'm so glad you said kids. <laughs> <laughs> Moving that 
Uh, Moving that family could be difficult, so it would have to be a job that he would feel, you know, some sort of security at. Obviously, get the bag from it, so. I mean, my only thing is, you know, with the Michigan State, I don't know, like, we'll see what happens with these violations. You know, I think that's something that could keep, make any coach apprehensive. Coaches don't want to deal with that. Well, and I just, yeah, I don't think that Luke Fickle would leave a Bearcats program in February to step into a situation in Michigan State where, Lord right. knows what's about to happen. Yeah, also I mean, the, signing the, days. The uh, recruiting has been yeah pretty terrible for him. I will say the only thing is normally I'd be you know well it's Michigan State versus UC, but UC does have the highest uh, G five quarterback recruit ever yeah. coming right. on campus. I mean they have a great recruiting class, and Michigan State has been kind of in downturn in the last few years. Recruiting has That's not been good with all that. You know, with all that stuff going on, most recently with the staffer, and I believe there was a player that had some sort of litigation against him as well. So yeah, yeah I, I just don't see Fickle stepping into that. I mean, there was an interview uh, with uh, uh, writer Justin Williams with the Enquirer, uh, and this was from this was from I think earlier this fall. But there was a point that Fickle said last year I didn't do anything different with my contract. But the university did a lot more for our assistant coaches because that was what was needed to do for the program to grow. Well, I think, yeah, you see spending, and I, I don't think you, uh, you really underestimate the fact that this is a guy who's literally never lived anywhere but the state of Ohio. Right. Born and raised, he's went from, to Ohio State, spent his whole coaching career at Ohio State till he came to UC. Um, he's I, an Ohio guy, and when you yeah. hear him talk about this issue of contact contract extensions, right. he's more concerned about the extension of the program and what is being done throughout mm-hmm. the program and who's getting those contract extensions right. and not really necessarily his money. And you I think, think this is a long-term like build like legacy project for for him. I don't know. It, well, me. I think it could be, and I think um, as much as expansion talk has really died down, I, I, it's going to come back up. I still believe every Power 5 conference will have well, 16 teams eventually. That's probably where you're going to eventually get. Oh, Greg. Gosh, up. I hope so. Oh, okay. I thought you were Ed. But, um, I mean, I, I think he might stick around for a little bit see where that goes. I mean, you know, because then all of a sudden you're in this job, you built something, and now you're Power 5 already, and you can start getting paid like a Power 5 coach. So, Look, I've been hearing about UC going to the Power 5 since... I don't know. We all have. 2000, whenever they left the Big East. <laughs> one, yeah. one day. One day. It'll happen. But um, So what do you think percentage-wise, stay or go? Oh, I, I'm, I'm thinking like 85% he stays. Ooh, Josh I would, is doubling down. I would say about two and three he stays. Two and two three, three percent. Two to three percent. What, no, sixty-six percent. Two. Th- oh, oh, okay. Two thirds. Okay, Lord. we're talking fractions now. Yeah. Talking right. fra- I know you guys aren't big math. I'm guys. not. Let's no, 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 I don't. Okay, that's Gee. the one with the line in between, right? <laughs> oh yikes! Uh, I'm I'm gonna go fifty-fifty though. Still, it's still a power five school. I I go fifty-fifty, but I, oh no, I'll give I'll give. 55, 55-45, right? That equals 100%. Okay. Right. 55, Ooh. he stays. I don't know. I trust Fick. Trust in Fick. Wait, Big Dick Fick? Trust in Big Dick Fick. <laughs> trust in the guy leading UC to the promised land, which hopefully means a Power 5 conference and a New Year's Six Bowl. All right, we're going to need to be saved from ourselves right here. Um, and a great way to do that is 
drinking more beer and I believe a little bit of Ohio beer news. Josh, what do you have? Uh, I've got a few things for us. Um, As we open up our second Block 27. Our Block 27 Brewing Waterway, the American Wheat 5% from, uh, you know, that place just north of Centerville in Dayton, it's Ohio. South, well, it's, it's south of Vandalia too. But I think a lot of people know where that is, so. You guys yeah, know why this is called it's water? It's very south of Delphus, Ohio. <laughs> uh, I hate you both. Uh, this is called Waterway uh, because it pays tribute to the uh, many canals and waterways uh, of the old colonial times of Ohio. Wow, so, Josh dropping some little, truth little bit of, Little bit of history there for you. 15 miles on the Erie Canal. <laughs> Thank you, thank you for that. You guys are both saying a song today. Yeah, I, I like it. I like Just getting it. the pipes loose. Yeah, this waterway is very great to mm. to kind of get the vocal cords going. So, uh, so up in uh, northeast Ohio, uh, the Summit Brew Path is coming back for those of you up in Summit County in the Akron area. Um, new additions. Just a kid from Akron. <laughs> new additions. Uh, 83 Brewery, Ohio Brewing Company, and Arche Brewing. Uh, Canal Place in downtown Akron. Those are added to it. Um, so you can find that on Ohio on tap uh, or the Summit Brew Path website. Uh, we've also got uh, Mad Tree Brewing down here in Cincinnati. It is their uh, seventh anniversary coming up soon. It'll be on Saturday, Saturday February 15th. Uh, some special releases and plenty of stuff there um and then dayton why i chose the dayton beer uh the ohio craft brewers conference is in dayton this weekend uh there will be a lot of brewers uh up in dayton really? and a lot of breweries will be doing uh special release beers uh this weekend so if you're in dayton check out a brewery because i'm sure they'll have uh, something special going on if you want to find the location locate centerville on a map that's going to be due north of 75. Oh uh, yeah, a couple uh, thousand paces. Yeah. All right, so uh, just one more thing on the Ohio beer news. So if you start in Madeira, okay. you go just a little bit south. All right, you're gonna reach Cincinnati, Ohio. Oh, which what a cute name! February 28th through March 1st has its 28th annual. Bachfest coming oh, through. Yeah, Bach right. Fest is right all the way through OTR. Bachfest going through. You go through all the different breweries over there. They all have their uh, Bach beers that they're showing off to everyone. I know uh, Moreline just had like a little Bach dinner where you got to try out all their new oh, Bach beers for, cool. for, this, uh, for this season. Bach beer is certainly a big thing in Ohio, in that area that's just you know just right near norwood in cincinnati so certainly cool to see Bachfest, i'm 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 excited are you gonna go are we going uh yeah we should we go did, oh, yeah we did We're the dark we did the uh dark beer bash or the barrel the barrel beer at bat barrel beer there there's a lot thanks of thanks for reminding man. me i was do we out. uh um, do we have any time for a little bit of a box story do any of you know how the name Bach beer came about oh, i feel like you've told me that but. please enlighten us uh, so, way back when, during Lenten times, when this time this time of the year, normally um, the monks were not able to eat. They had to fast during the day, so they took a nice heavy beer that they would drink during the day in order to get some of those calories. But obviously, it would make them a little bit 
Tipsy. Tipsy. Everybody so in the club. The, uh, the story was one of the guys was walking through the club or the barn, <laughs> as the monks called it back then, and happened to trip. And the other monks were laughing at him, and he goes, whoa, whoa, it was the goat, the goat, or Ein Bach. And he's, so the rest of the monks go, oh, you mean Ein Bach, as in you're too drunk to be walking around over here. So that's why it's called the Bach Bear. Oh, well, look at that. When is this again? Sorry, I was not paying attention. Uh, during Lenten times. February 28th through March 1st, down oh, in Cincinnati, OTR. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll go. Three of us, we'll, uh, we'll do like a live stream on our cell phone or something weird. Chug and Bach beers. Chug and Bach. Alright, from one big Bach fest to one big old Super Bowl. The Puppy Bowl. Yes, the Puppy Bowl. So, slightly after the Puppy Bowl. <laughs> right, yeah. East of the Puppy Bowl? East of the Puppy Bowl <laughs> was uh, the Super Bowl. As some people may have heard, was happening this Sunday. I totally forgot. I know, I missed most of it. I totally forgot what was going on. Um, the Kansas City Chiefs getting their first Super Bowl win in 50 years as they defeated the San Francisco 49ers 31-20. Uh, Patrick Mahomes was the MVP, 26 of 42, 286 yards, two touchdowns, two picks. Uh, Chiefs were down 20-10. Early, uh, or I guess at the end of the third quarter, outscored the 49ers 41 to nothing in the fourth quarter. 41 uh, to nothing? I'm sorry, 21 to nothing. But yeah, I was going to say, what game did you win? Sorry, 21 to nothing in <laughs> the fourth quarter. But in his two Super Bowls, uh, Kyle Shanahan, being the OC of the Falcons and the head coach of the 49ers, has been outscored 46 to nothing. <laughs> yeah. In the fourth quarter and overtime of his two Super Bowls. Sorry. 21-46. I'm a little list-dexic at this point, so you know. I mean, Greg, how did, I mean, I just seen Kansas City win one finally, being like the most championship-starved franchise in the NFL. It's just, uh, just an amazing— Excuse me? <laughs> I know. What I just wanted this? to get a rise what out of you this? guys. I was seeing if you guys were paying attention. I know. 50 I know years not. between championships? Mm-hmm. That must be nice. Oh, wow, that must I'm an be Indians weird. fan. Yeah, it's worse. I don't know. Um, yeah, it was, uh, it was better than last year's Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah, certainly. <That's, laughs> yeah, certainly I, thought it, I thought it was a great Super Bowl. Yeah, honestly. it was good. Yeah, it was very yeah, good. Yeah, interesting. Kind of had the, the back and forth um, actual points being scored, even though the over <laughs> did not hit. But shout out to former Cincinnati tight end Travis Kelsey yeah! getting a touchdown. Now the tenth former Bearcat to win a Super Bowl ring. I say it's that thirty-two. Daron Lee didn't dress, but he got a ring as well. Well, uh, I'm happy for Travis Kelsey. Both the Kelsey boys now have a Super Bowl ring. So. And he invented the uh, Super Bowl the trophy Super Bowl, Yeah, it's nothing more dude bro than that. There really isn't. I'm pretty <laughs> sure it was on a plane too. So it was on yeah. a plane. Did you ever see his VH1 dating show? Uh, I did not. I remember uh, he had all the, the girls from the 50 different states. The, the stupid, yeah. the, the, I don't, yeah, I yeah. Um, I watched two episodes. It was everything you would imagine. It, it made more. Gronk look like a college professor. Let's put it that way. Wow, it was, that's uh, impressive. It was really douchey, I'm sure say. Check it out. I'm sure it's on VH1. All righty, well, this will be the last football until August. Oh, wait. Really? Oh, wait, we're just jumping ahead. We're not going to no, talk about the Super Bowl No, we anymore. will talk about it coming up here in the XFL, coming up here in our segments. But for now, guys, 
Early predictions, right as the season ends, who do you have for the Super Bowl next year? Zach. Uh, my Packers. Super Bowl 55. Yeah, they had a couple pieces. They had a couple pieces, and Aaron Rodgers gets a second ring. Packers over who? Can ride over. Uh, Chiefs. Chiefs get back. All right. Cincinnati Bengals. Oh, That's the team we're going to cheer to victory. Yep, they're going Super Bowl shut champions. Shut the fuck. No, they're not. Who are they beating? The Detroit Lions? Yeah. Lions, Bengals, Super Bowl? <laughs> um, I'm going to go uh, Bengals Saints. Not Bengals like Houston Oilers in this mythical game that's going to happen in your dreams. There's Maybe. no way. Pick some real. Uh, pick. Get it. You get a second chance. Something realistic. All right. All right. All right. Fine. <laughs> so fine. before he gets there, I am going to pick the Cleveland Browns oh, see, come to on. go seven and nine. Oh, okay. <laughs> and I'm going to have Zach's favorite team, the Seahawks. Ugh. Fall to the Kansas City Chiefs as they start their dynasty in Super Bowl Fifty Five. All right, you you want my realistic you, one? Man. My realistic one uh, is uh, the Baltimore Ravens and the Saints. I don't know if I could pick a winner, but I you think- have to pick. Jesus, pick one. You 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 could. Convince yourself for a minute the Bengals will be there. You can pick a fucking Oh, I can player. convince myself for longer than a minute, <laughs> You're going to be very uh, Ravens. disappointed. If the Ravens can have a good offseason. They don't need just one piece. They need lots. Convince yeah. yourself the uh, Las Vegas Raiders and Tom Brady can make it. Uh, I don't know about that. I don't know about that. We'll get to that later in another segment. But. So, wait. My question is, are we, are we, we going to have the shortest of any sports talk show coverage of the Super Bowl? I mean, I'm fine with that. Yeah. All right. I mean, what else? I guess the only other thing we can talk about is <laughs> great uh, Super Bowl. I the love most, it. The most important part of the Super Bowl, the Orange Gatorade, plus 750 odds. Oh yeah. Why don't, you, guys, why don't you guys tell us uh, what would you bet on your prop bets and what you went on? Yeah. So you had that. I had the crazy. Uh, it was plus 600 on whether Jennifer Lopez would show butt cleavage. That was the actual that way wording. Everybody knew. Yeah. I, I don't mean, know how you don't. It, so like why why. Uh, I was gonna say something. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know why that was plus six hundred odds, but uh, took it one. Um, I wish he'd come out in like a park. I, I know like Greg and I. I Greg and I both uh, nearly missed uh, Pat Mahomes uh, over under on passing yardage. Uh, we both had the under on two ninety nine. He finished with two eighty six. The over. Yeah, I, mean, I had the yeah. un- I had the under on uh, Raheem Mostert eighty nine and a half rushing and receiving yards. That one hit had the. Opening kickoff to go for a touchback. No, it was returned. Mm-hmm. That one cashed. Should have been a touchback. The biggest shocker of the night, I think everyone can say. Tails for the fifth year in a row comes up, and all of us heads betters are just shaking our heads in disbelief. <laughs> well, and and I had uh, a player would raise their fist during the national anthem. There wasn't even one like, like yeah, hurrah. Not one. No patriotism anymore. No patriotism. Nope. 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 I guess that leaves us more time to talk about Dusty Baker. All righty. Yeah. That's what I wanted to do today, talk about Dusty Baker. New manager hiring. And James Click. In the MLB, the Astros, uh, for whatever reason, decided to uh, part ways with A.J. Hinch, certainly not because of any cheating scandals or anything. But uh, they hired the man. The myth, the the legend himself, (laughs) Dusty Baker, longtime manager, 1863 and 1636 in his career, 509 and 463 at the helm of the Cincinnati Reds. 
I'm just, I guess I'll go to you first, Zach. Hmm. Thoughts on this hire, aside of the fact that Verlander and everybody else's arms will be dead by the end of the year? <laughs> well, I mean, there's that. He's worse than Tito as far as uh, pitcher's arms. But um, leave a man in there. He'll work it out. He'll work himself out of this gym. <laughs> I believe, well, in, that's the thing. I believe that, in my players. Dusty's like 170 years old, so he remembers when Cy Young was so like, he threw like 500 innings a year. Um, you know, I mean, for the Astros, I mean, you don't need to be planning any parades anytime soon because, you know, Dusty can't get that done, so... <laughs> It's a long track record of uh, oh so closes. Um, AL se- AL semifinalists. <laughs> yes. NL semifinal. Hey, he made it to the World Series with the Giants, and even with Barry Bonds, he couldn't even get one. So um, I don't know. I think where I mean how close you are to the season. I don't think it's a bad hire. Not a sexy hire by any means. No, and it's only a one-year contract. Because uh, so they're going to hire A.J. Hinch back as it, soon as everybody forgets about right. it. Right. I think – well, maybe not. I mean, because I could totally see Duster, Dusty Baker doing, you know, the Dusty Baker thing. <laughs> just hanging around. Yeah, just, just, <laughs> just, just gets there. It's fun. You're like, oh, well, we, we, we got, like, almost there. So we could get there again next year. You know, yeah, and I think Dusty Baker is a guy who's – I mean – Likeable as long as he's not ruining the arms of, of your team's pitching staff. So he's probably a decent PR move for the team. He's a think he decent is- enough manager and probably one of the best hires that they could have gotten at this point, aside of one of those, you know, kind of swing for left field uh, hires, which I don't know if you could have at this point, or like a weird controversial hire. Maybe get Carlos Beltran or Alex Cora back in the day. Yeah, get Ozzy Guillen. Ozzy Guillen was tweeting all week about how he's available. I'm like, no one's going to hire you. Um, you can only get suspended for so many ridiculous <laughs> comments before teams that are already My favorite's when he made that pitcher cry. If you've never seen that video, just look up Ozzy Guillen berating this pitcher. <laughs> His pitcher cries in the dugout. It's the funniest thing. Um, I, what was I going to say? I had something. Oh, uh, do you think... Um, what are the chances that Dusty like hires like Kerry Wood or Mark probably gives them a job as like the pitching coach? Because I feel like he owes them something. I don't know. <laughs> now I'm upset. I'm not ruling. I'm not ruling anything out with with Mark Pryor should have been there. an all should have been a Hall of Famer. I know. Dusty ruined. He ruined Kerry Wood too. Um, uh, for those of you that work. for those of you that aren't as in tune to the 2003 Cubs as as Zach and I are, he pretty much drove Kerry Wood and. Mark Pryor's arms into the ground with a nail that he was just hammering in he, himself. He ran like a two-man rotation. Zambrano was around then, though, right? Was he a rookie? Yeah, that might have been early Zambrano. That was before that, he was beating up Michael beat, Barrett. Yes. And other people. Yeah. <laughs> um, they also hired um, a GM, James Click from uh, Tampa Bay, who was um, VP of Baseball Ops with the Tampa Bay Rays. He's 42. Sounds like a, a Leno. Guy, so I think we'll be back in the same place in about. Well, certainly three days. an analytics guy and a guy that's been able to do more with less, considering the. Speaking of a team that doesn't like to spend money, but the Rays spend it. about twelve bucks a year <laughs> on players. I make more money than the Rays do. Yeah, it's um, yeah, that's interesting. Higher, it's our baseball news, I guess. Kind of, kind of really died out since that little rash of a, uh, of signings. Yeah, um, we're still waiting to hear. Um, Alex Cora's. There was some uh, tweets going around that Mookie Betts for the Red Sox might have gotten moved today. Wait, uh, what? So far, 
No news on that. Jeff Passan just tweeting at people to get out of his mentions. He'll tweet <laughs> it when it's final. So potential Mookie Betts to Dodgers talk. But uh, a little breaking news. Ohio nothing, State's uh, up 28-27 at the half. Ohio State up 28-27. The battle for half. 11th place. Ooh. The battle for 11th place against Meat Chicken, as they call them around here. So Ohio State, one-point lead on to some segments, Josh. Some segments, Greg. Uh, what are we talking? We've got Throw some uh, music on. Damn I'm, it! I'm getting there, man. I've got a lot going on over here trying to do. Hey, talk about needing to find a replacement. We need to find a new producer. <laughs> yeah, new co-host and a new producer. Oh. <laughs> See well, now you've gone and upset. The uh, I've upset the, the talent. I'm sorry. Don't upset the talent. All righty. In our first segment today, as we teased earlier mm. during our fantastic Jesus guys we're not on to segments this, this show has just been a complete fucking catastrophe we're supposed to talk XFL and then we were gonna ease into segments with our XFL whatever XFL is a fucking segment we've now. hit the gas XFL <laughs> we've hit the gas with the XFL I thought we were talking Brady first this is what happens when you write the outline on a I piece of paper I told you my work block Dropbox so I couldn't type anything up and put what the Dropbox what kind of business drop Blocks. We don't use Dropbox. I don't know. I know. It's insane. I Just can... get it on your phone. You I have do have phone. it on my phone, but I don't have Word on my phone. I have limited gigabytes oh on this bad goodness. boy. I just can't have all these apps. They want Boost Mobile over here. <laughs> Cricket. Wireless, but uh, no. Alrighty. Well, we will start off with the XFL. As Zach mentioned in a... Tirade. <laughs> a nice little tirade. That the XFL starts this weekend... Week one, first game of the week is on Saturday at two o'clock. It's the Seattle Dragons at the DC Defenders. Yeah, yeah. Zach has defend the, the capital, Greg. Alrighty, to uh, <laughs> go back through just a little bit of news. Uh, cuts that happened in the most recent week. Uh, the St. Louis Battlehawks had have cut fan favorite and my favorite. Brogan Roback and have officially I have officially decided to cut ties with the St. Louis Battlehawks I am now on the Seattle Dragons train um, the team that employs linebacker, former UC linebacker, Nick Temple Oh, my favorite so, UC linebacker All in on the Dragons Zach, the big DC Defenders fan, and then over there on the one Cardale Josh Guardians Big Still on sticking the with the Guardians. New York Guardians. Are you going to go up and see a game? Uh, I think I might, yeah. What are they playing in New York? Uh, the Metal, yeah. Oh, Metalife. shit. I, did, I know. The, I, I didn't realize they were actually going to play in, like, legitimate stadiums. I thought it was going to be like the AAF. They were going to play, like, in, like, high school stadiums. So, yeah. So, to just give you the quick update for week one, um, Seattle at D.C., 2 o'clock Eastern on ABC, with the 5 o'clock game on Saturday being L.A. at Houston. And then Sunday is Tampa Bay at New York followed by St. Louis at Dallas. Those games on ABC, Fox, Fox, and ESPN, respectively. So some big networks picking up games. So XFL certainly seems to be a step in the right direction. Uh, I guess aside of the games and just having football on still. Did we already run through, like, the rule changes, like the crazy ones? Yeah, we went through some of the the rule changes, but I guess I was going to ask – Zach, mm. what is the thing that you're most excited for? Whether it's rule changes um, or just having football, things. Cardale. 
Cardale. Cardale is one. I am excited to see, uh, you know, came out of school raw. You know, spent a couple years at Chargers. So I'm interested to see if he's taking any steps in the right direction. Obviously, immensely talented. Uh, yeah. Old 12 gauge. A chance for him to get actual play. I mean, playing time, right. get some reps out that, there. That's and what everything. the league's for. Yeah. So I think it's exciting to see a lot of these guys. Um, but uh, rule wise, um, I'm pretty excited about this double forward pass. Now, granted, the first one still has to be behind the line of scrimmage, but I, I think it adds an interesting uh, creative twist to the. Yeah, you get a little offense. shovel pass, then a pass, screen pass. Then I, a pass. I'm pretty excited. I could see it being like really cool, or I could just see that being a complete shit show of like you know what i mean like the plays just don't work well yeah i could see it being <laughs> one of those things that everybody has a play week one and then you see it like never one more again time never, yeah like again. never again um i hope it i mean yeah like i said something like a shovel pass and then i mean that's the other thing though you gotta have some guys who can throw the ball though yeah a couple that, guys on the field i mean you you certainly have a couple guys you have some some fun you know college quarterbacks that were around some guys that that you yeah. know, like a Landry Jones, like a Cardale Jones. Like, I mean, there are certainly some guys mm-hmm. that know what they're doing throwing the ball around, and right. certainly some talent that maybe is a little bit more raw that you can see. And I, I'm hoping, um, you know, obviously they're not doing the full. We all remember the uh, the original iteration of the XFL. It's going to be a little more professional, but I'm, I'm hoping it's still a little little fun like i hope the players and the coaches have a little fun with it it's not like too serious well the one thing that i'm really interested in is the one thing that they're really trying to push now is almost to make it more family friendly to the point where they're trying to speed up the game a little bit right the one thing that i'm real interested is the the shorter shot or the shorter play clocks Mm -hmm. the clock pretty much running the whole time the shorter um the shorter halftime and everything and i think it's one of those things that you know baseball has probably been the one that we've highlighted it the most but also the nfl some of these games take so you know three three plus hours you know three and a half hours at this point so if you can get a game done in two two and a half hours you know a lot of people that are kind of you know on the edge of this talk about you know college basketball or soccer where you can get in get out in two hours if xfl can get it done in two and a half hours that would be a real step in the right direction when you're trying to just get eyeballs on the game and if the fishing is clean that's part of the nfl which we, we discussed but yeah i agree i think that's jo- interesting josh what about you what what excites you most about this league on saturday uh, i can't wait for our first overtime game so the way mm-hmm. overtime works now yeah. in the xfl is you what is it at the five yard line you get the ball I think you you pretty I much yeah, right. yeah, yeah you so. pretty much get a first and goal and it's five rounds of first no, and goals yeah, for yeah, each it's, team. It's five rounds. I believe it's just the two yard. It's five rounds of the two XFL point conversion. will use five round and in, in it's overtime to determine a winner. Think shootouts in the NHL or penalty kicks in soccer. Each team will have an opportunity to score two points from the opponent's five yard line. If yeah. after five rounds both teams are still tied. Overtime will move to a single sudden death style rounds until there is a winner. Yeah, so basically what happens is, uh, for those of you, and I was going to bring it up as one of the things that I'm real interested about, is uh, instead of having the PATs, Mm -hmm. uh, they actually have um, where the normal two-point conversion is in the NFL from the two-yard line is worth one point after a touchdown. From the five-yard line, it's worth two, and then from the 10-yard line, it's worth three. So one... No kicking whatsoever. Um, what would be worth two is worth one now, so it's something that you're going to see more often. And then also a nine-point game now becomes a one-possession game, so that also kind of affects the strategy. Right. You know, hey, if you're gonna, and also if you're going to have to go from two yards out 
why not go from five yards out? It's going to be real interesting to see the strategy on some of that stuff. Uh, that one I'm interested to see. And then also the kickoffs just from a, you know, the NFL is looking for a lot of things to kind of make, make things safer. And the kickoff, uh, for those of you that may have not seen it, it's the kickers allowed to move and the returners allowed to move, but the rest of the players are lined up, um, on the receiving teams, I believe 35, 35 and 35 and 25 respectively. So at that point, uh, once the kick is caught, then the whistle blows and they can run at each other and the kick has to go so far and everything like that. So it's interesting to see, you know, um, how it might it. impact the NFL and whatnot safety-wise because one of the big problems that the NFL and other, you know, the leagues have had is guys running at each other from 30 yards apart at full mm-hmm. speed and that much force coming into each other. So it's interesting to kind of have a playground right. for football where you can see some different rules and see what works and what doesn't because the kickoff's been a, a point of contention yeah. for... The punt's interesting, too. Uh, the gunners can't move like they can now, um, and then you can't cough and cook it. If it's within the 35, it goes out of bounds. That automatically, uh, that's a penalty that brings it out to uh, the 35-yard line. Yeah, or a touchback. Or a touchback, right. So... Um, that, it'll be interesting. Uh, yeah, like you said, I think it's a good way to test out some rules, and, and that'll make people more likely to watch it too. When well, you kind of test out some different things, make it intriguing. And the other thing is, you know, with the, the kickoff, they're also ten yards back, or I believe five or ten yards back from um, where they where the NFL kicks it off. Punting, they don't want touchbacks mm-hmm. or kicking it out of bounds. So it turns those plays that you know a lot of times in the NFL have turned, you know. I mean, kickoffs half the time are either those little kicks to the one-yard line that barely get returned or just touchbacks. Punts are usually out of bounds or, you know, someone runs away from it. Right. So it turns it into a lot more action on those plays mm-hmm. that you wouldn't safer really action. see action. Yeah. yeah. And safer action with people not running quite like What that. I am bummed about is they're going to do a coin toss. Now, I don't know if you remember the old XFL where they did the fumble drill where they had the two guys. Oh, yeah. out. Oh, I thought that was the coolest thing in the world. Um and then for you perverts, they're also not going to have a camera in the cheerleaders' locker room, which I don't know if you guys remember that. That was the weirdest. Yeah, Vince McMahon yeah. had a had a few <laughs> weird ideas. I think has finally gotten some actual football people like well, Oliver, Oliver Luck in there, Luck there. and it's kind of buttoned that. it up and turned it into more of a real league. The other interesting thing, and I don't know if you guys had saw this, was uh, the creation of Team Nine. Hmm. Is this like a superhero team? No. So what Team 9 is, is basically the equivalent of a practice squad team. So there's a team that's basically built of players that got cut. And they have a coach and everything. They're more or less a practice squad team for the entire league. So what happens is they practice, I believe, in Dallas. And for the first two weeks, you can sign... An XFL team can sign whoever they want, you know, players that they may have cut, you know, earlier. Mm. But after the first two weeks, you have to sign players from Team 9 if they're available. So it's a way to kind of get guys Ah, in the door and create, instead of everybody having their own practice squad, they sort of have a team full of players that you can take from to already get guys sort of in the XFL system. It's just nine guys? Well, no, it's it's an entire team, but it's Team Nine because, because there are there's eight, eight teams. teams oh, oh, so it's an entire. Ro- oh, that's uh, that's actually a pretty cool idea. Huh? Did not hear about that. Yeah, it just came out like recently last week with mm. with a lot of the cuts coming up, and I I was interested by it at first. I was like, is it an expansion team? Is it 
what team is it? Nine. I but no, they just call it Team Nine instead of, I guess, practice squad or something like that. I don't know what kind well, of they practice. call like Team XFL or something. Yeah, the X- XFL practice squad. Team WWE and SmackDown. Well, the DC Defenders, they're seven-point favorites over the Seattle Dragons. The Houston Roughnecks open as five-point favorites against the Los Angeles Wildcats. And then on the Sunday games, the Tampa Bay Vipers are five-and-a-half-point favorites over the New York Guardians. And the St. Louis Battlehawks open as dogs against the Dallas Renegades. The Renegades are favored by a touchdown. Like a renegade. So, first week of XFL. See how it goes. I'm pretty excited. Yeah, I'm just excited to see a d- different looking football yeah, game, really. Yeah. It'll be interesting. be interesting. Yeah, and I'm interested to see kind of how the interest kind of peaked. Because right. I know with the AAF the first week, there was more, I mean, people were watching it more than some of the bigger games. And then by the end, it kind of petered out. But My I think. Brooklyn Bolts, man. <laughs> <laughs> that was the FXFL. Very different. Oh, league. yeah, that's right. Oh, God, I got him on next up. I was thinking of the Atlanta Legends. Yeah. No, <laughs> In the AAF, so certainly tons of leagues have kind of come and gone, um, you know, but hope to see a team, hope to see some guys get some opportunities, and I think with these games being on Fox and ESPN and so the CBS Sports Network, (laughs) with a little bit more pizzazz around the league, with the Vince McMahon getting some eyes on it. I think the big thing is the money. You know Vince McMahon's got the dough, so they'll be around at least a year. We'll see how quickly he loses interest, but... Yeah, so we'll see. Hopefully, I mean, hopefully we can get some decent football and some, you know, cool little wrinkles, as we've already mentioned, and hopefully, and most importantly, some good football to uh, kind of wean us off our football craze from February as we wait I mean, I'm excited about baseball, August, to be September. honest. Less than two weeks till pitchers and catchers, so. Yep. Pretty stoked about that. But yeah, it should be interesting. Alrighty, from the XFL, as I teased earlier, back to the NFL talking about the big free agent or potential free agent um i mean he is a free agent. in a well not until mid-march well, oh, but uh the big potential free agent on the board uh, a guy who announced that he was coming back in a hulu ad <laughs> uh, new a england douche. patriot tom brady now there have been talks who? about him going back to the patriots or to a menagerie of teams is this, like a, is this menagerie. like a Ryan Tannehill type guy, or who who is this guy? Who, who's Thomas Brady? I guess he's won like one or two or six rings or something like that. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So I guess he's pretty good. He's also <laughs> like 95 years old. He was drafted, you know, with Bart Starr and Len Dawson back then. So. <laughs> Damn. Uh. <laughs> Certainly a little bit of an older gentleman, but a guy that can bring... He looked good in that turtleneck, though, man. <laughs> Oh, uh, nugs. But, but certainly a guy that can bring some pizzazz to the team. So the segment for this is, if Tom Brady is to leave the Patriots, where what? does he go? Well, I thought we were, we were – okay. Um, I mean, he bought a fucking house in Las Vegas. I mean, how, like, uh, obvious can you be? Who – no one wants to raise a family in Las Vegas. So I think Mark Davis and him got – Says who? <laughs> Says anybody in their right mind. Um – you know, bowl cut Davis and him got together, and uh, I don't know. I think he's probably gonna. I think he's interested in the Raiders. I think that whole Derek Carr thing's weird. Um, um, I think the Chargers should go all in though. No, the 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 dirty mistress in L.A. that no one seems to realize. Is, I mean, they play in the damn soccer stadium. What better way to get yourself on the map than that pretty boy Tom Brady? Gr- 
gracing your billboards instead of Philip Rivers. Yeah, and I mean, they still actually have some weapons for him to be interested in. I mean, they have Hunter Henry, Keenan Allen. They have a couple good running backs at this point with Eckler and Gordon. So they right. certainly have someone, you know, who's interesting. But I mean, what are you going to give him? I mean, like how many years does he honestly have left? He, he said he wants to play until he's 45. The Patriots, by the way, said they were willing to pay $30 million. Robert Kraft said that. I don't know if Bill Belichick is aware of, <laughs> of that. but uh. <laughs> there, there had to be a phone call right afterwards. Which anyway, did anybody see Bill? You said what? At a yes, Gronk I did see beach, Bill Belichick the at the Gronk Beach party in the super super colorful, colorful <laughs> shirt that I would never imagine Bill Belichick to wear. He looks so Bill sounds like a party guy place. to me. I wish he had worn yeah, what he wears on, on the sideline and just with the grumpy like. Um, I don't see him going back to New England. I don't think because I think that's been a rift for a long time, and I don't blame Brady. He's done a lot. And Bill Belichick, I'm pretty sure, treats him just like he treats everybody else. And, I mean, I think he's very open and intrigued about the idea of going to play somewhere that's probably going to give him some flexibility and kind of do the LeBron thing. Start LeBron, setting guys. up that second career. And, I, I don't know, I think Giselle's time. She don't, I mean, they moved. They don't live in Boston anymore. Or outside, you know, Foxborough, wherever they were. Um I think it's probably the Raiders, though. I mean, they bought a fucking house. Again, who wants to live in fucking Vegas? All righty. Well, they could buy a couple houses just right. based off but Giselle's name. Vegas, Vegas is a three-day town, man. It's All right. three-day uh, town. Now that Zach's done with his <laughs> diet drive. <laughs> Josh, where do you see Brady at? Um, I don't know. I... It's hard. It's hard for me to see him not being a Patriot, and it's hard for me to not see him, like, wanting to be with the one team you know, for his whole career. Like, I don't, it's hard for me to not envision that. Right. At the same, at the same time, if I had to choose another team, I'd say it would be uh, the Raiders in a fresh town, him finish out there for a couple years. My, I still get caught up on that. Like how much longer, like, are you going to give this guy a five-year contract? Like how much are you willing to spend on Tom Brady at this point in his career? The bull cut's desperate. So I wouldn't put it past them. He, he, he hired John Gruden, who had one good year, really. So yeah, and it's like, but my thing with the Raiders is, it's, it's yeah, it's already such a mess there. There's so many things that you try and you have, you know, they've tried to plug in there and make work there that didn't work. You know, is this just going to be another one of those things? And do you want to do that? Does Tom Brady want to do that to his own legacy? Yeah. You know, so I. What do you think, Gregory? All right, so think about this. Okay, Tom Brady. He's not going to Cleveland. So. No, Josh McDaniels. That's already that's already gone. That's, uh, I just wanted him to go because I wanted a Tom Brady Browns jersey, more or less. You can make one. Yes, but it, it's, it's not the same. It's not the same. But you think about a team that Tom Brady's old, so he doesn't move that well. Needs a good offensive line. He never moved well. But yeah. Well, moves even worse now. <laughs> Needs a good running game. A good tight end to throw the ball to. Great defense that can get after the quarterback, and maybe a quarterback that they could send back to New England that Bill Belichick likes. The Chiefs. <laughs> Time to go home, back to the San Francisco 49ers. Oh, I've read that. You think they're really going to give up Jimmy G? Jimmy G? I mean, I think Bill Belichick would jizz his pants because I think he's done with Brady. I don't think Jimmy G is good enough to get teams over the top. I, no, he hasn't I, been able to make those big throws. He's got Greg Kittle in there. Which and George, 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 <laughs> George Kittle. Um, 
Yeah, we we, we just saw that Sunday. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, but I still I, like I, it's just so hard for me to envision another team like really going after Tom Brady and giving up that money. It's just such a you know question to me. Like if you don't have the right pieces there. Or if that falls for any reason, if it falls apart, oh, yeah. then I think that's a huge yeah. mark on his legacy. The I only, just feel like he'd stay the, in New England. The only people that I think would really go after him, because I don't think Kyle would would really go, Kyle Shanahan would go after him. I think it would be one a crazy owner. So, God, Greg, get your mouth in front of the fucking mic. No, literally never. One would be Kyle Shan, or one would be Mark Davis, who's the kind of a weirdo. Who would Jesus. throw money at Tom Brady? Yeah. Two could be if something happens with Dak and he doesn't sign and they have to get rid of him. Uh, Jerry Jones would panic move. Jerry oh, Jones yeah. would give him all the money in the world. I just, I mean, that we could have a whole conversation. But yeah. The Dak thing's weird. The Dak thing's weird. And the Cowboys then enjoy three would have been if McDaniel's went somewhere because he had the yeah. relationship. I but don't since think he, didn't he go wants anywhere. to go back to New England. I don't blame him because it has to suck playing for Bill Belichick and he's done it for 20 years you know that guy treats everybody like garbage seems like a nice guy to me I think he would rather retire than go back to play New England I know he keeps saying he wants to play I think he would but I don't know I mean how many how many consecutive games did he get without throwing a touchdown at one point did he go like two or three mm-hmm. I mean he's on the downward hill yeah, that's all right. I mean, I like, don't think he's getting thirty no, million. There is no, the there is no plateau. There is no incline. Like all I see with Tom Brady over the next couple of years is decline and play. And mm-hmm. it's just like I don't think, I don't think either party on whichever scenario, I don't think either side will would or should take that chance. Yeah. On ruinous. So ruinous you're saying you should just retire. I'm not saying you should just retire. I'm saying maybe like a year to year thing with the Patriots to close it out. I mean, let's be realistic here. And if that's not what the really Patriots want, yeah. If that's not what the Patriots, if that's not what the Patriots want, then deal him. But Slick from a Robert Tom Brady Kraft choosing, wants him back. you know. But uh, we'll see. We'll see. I don't know. I think uh, I think San Diego makes a hard push. That they need something. <laughs> You're right. Uh, the char the Chargers of Los Angeles of Ir- where they built the stadium, Irvine or something. Uh, yeah, I think. <laughs> A formerly a San Diego. The, the football team known formerly as the San no, Diego Chargers. Here, here you go. It's in the place just north of San Diego in Los Angeles. <laughs> <laughs> hate you. Is that where it is? Oh, okay. Um, yeah, I, 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 I don't know. I mean, I think if you're the Chargers, what the fuck do you have to lose? You're a joke. Phillip Rivers moved to Florida. He'd rather move to Florida than live there. Yeah, I think if, if, you're, if you're the Chargers, you... You have to do something to make people actually care about the Chargers. Yeah. Because there are probably some Chargers fans still in that place south of Los Angeles, San Diego. But uh, aside of there are no Chargers fans in L.A. That's why even if they play no. in a soccer stadium, it's still 80% The NFL teams. screwed up. They, all they wanted was the Raiders. And they gave them two franchises they didn't even want. Typical NFL. Well, now that Zach is all riled up, we're going to get into one of our favorite segments that um, Ohio sports in general, sports in general, makes us all very angry. So we got to vent a little bit. We got to get it all out. So we have Zach singing, Josh is deering, I'm grumbling. We're going to start off with 
Zach. Zach, what? Who are you zinging this week? Um, yeah, you know, it feels weird, but for some reason, it's made me angry. Um, I'm not even a big Jira guy, but I mean, I'll give him that. He's probably the best offensive shortstop of all time. In case you didn't know, uh, he was elected first ballot of the Hall of Fame, one vote shy of the unanimous uh, selection. For some reason that upsets me because as much as everybody respects Marion Rivera, how does he break the barrier and as a reliever become unanimous to selection and then some dumbass decides not to vote for Jeter unanimously? I don't I don't get it. And then uh, 315 of the 397 voters agreed to allow their ballots to be publicized. Uh, the voter who didn't vote for Jeter asked to keep his anonymous. Coward, sir, coward. Answer for your don't don't be the Trump don't be president. Answer for what you've done. And I just think I don't know as a fan as a baseball fan I think they should all be out in the open and you should have to answer for why you're making these votes. This some of these players this is a big deal and I know G doesn't care. I'm sure he doesn't care. In the long run, it doesn't matter. But the thing is, these voters criticize people that right. have to do every you know athletes have everything out in the open mm -hmm. jeter has jeter has done a decent job but he's still had a lot out in the open yeah and the problem is when you're voting on these guys you need to have some sort of pushback to be like it, why didn't you do this and it's not so much the jeter thing as much as it's just a grander scheme i think there's a lot of players who haven't gotten their due unfairly well, and that's like i mean that's like you know griffey or a number of these guys yeah. that came up three or four votes short you know and some of the guys came out but it's like if you're gonna do this we want to know why that's the only deal yeah you guys can criticize all day but then when it comes down to your vote and the, the crazy thing is at one point the writers all did agree and vote to make them all public. And then for some reason, the MLB Hall of Fame overruled them and said they would not allow that. Um, I don't know, sir, you coward. I think you should have to answer for it. That's my zinger. Alrighty, Josh, who you uh, jeering over there? Uh, I am jeering uh, political ads uh, during the Super mm. Bowl. Um, I just yes. don't think it should be a thing, you know. Uh, you know, the Super Bowl is one of the the few nights of the year that everybody comes together just to be together and watch the game. Mm -hmm. Let's not muddy the waters and create, you know, conversations that right. no one wants to have at a Super Bowl party. You know, like, and this isn't a a Republican thing or a Democrat thing. Like, it, the, no, there no. just shouldn't be any of that at the Super Bowl. Football, yeah, yeah. football. football. We're, for, we're here for football. Weird Bud Light, Tide Pods, crossover commercials. We're here for that. DJ Khaled wearing an A-Rod mask. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we have to hear about all that political stuff like all the time. The Super Bowl is one night where we all just, you know, forget about it and watch the game. So let's focus on the game, not politics. Football. It's a good one. Football. All right. Wow. Now on to my grumble or as. Greggy's Grumpies. As Zach calls it. Um, I hate to do it, but. Uh, do you? No, I really don't. <laughs> I'm grumbling one Andre Iguodala. Ooh. Now, oh, you're grumbling against him, not oh, oh yeah, oh okay. yeah. So, Andre Iguodala, who is a former Golden State Warrior, was traded to the Memphis Grizzlies this year in a cap clearing activity, and uh, is scheduled to make 17 million this year, and has not played at all for the Memphis Grizzlies, has not stepped foot mm -hmm. in their facility, does not want to play for the Grizzlies, wants to play for a contender. He's made that clear. He has yeah. made that clear. So uh, last night they were asking um, forward Dylan Brooks for the Memphis Grizzlies about that. 
And he said, quote, a guy that's on our team doesn't want to be on our team. I can't wait until we find a way to trade him so we can play him and I can show him what Memphis is about. Now, a lot of these players that played with Iguodala, like Steph Curry, posted a picture of Iguodala with the with the Larry O'Brien trophy, the, the NBA champion trophy, with the shush emoji, like, hey, stay in your lane, young man. You know, uh, guys like John Morant were, were quick to back up Dylan Brooks and whatnot. And my only thought is, dude, if you get traded to this team, like, at least try to help them out. Like, you can yeah. tell them that you want to be traded, but at least play for a team. And to have, I mean, a guy like Steph Curry step up for you, a guy who is out till March, which is kind of an eh thing because his team's playing like garbage right now with Clay Thompson and everybody play. out because he doesn't want to play. And having all these guys just because they're on many teams not want to play is ridiculous because it's the same thing Kevin Love's doing. Mm-hmm. And at some point, you're getting paid by these teams. And the thing is, I'm not... I'm not asking these guys to say, hey, I'm not asking them to want to be traded, but it's like, dude, you knew this was a possibility. Like, you wanted the more money, and now you hamstrung the Warriors, and now they right. traded you. Like, you might as well play for them and maybe maybe help yourself a little bit. Help them help you trade them. Oh, and by the way, he wants to play for a playoff contender? I'm not saying the eighth seed is exactly a NBA championship contender, but the Grizzlies are the eight seed in the league right now. Have mm-hmm. some very good young pieces in John Morant and uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. So, I mean, dude, get over yourself. Like, I understand you wanting to step up for your team, and I understand guys like Jay Williams saying, young guys, stay in your lane. But at some point when you're a young guy, you're looking up to these older guys that you looked up to and you said, hey, mm-hmm. we're working hard. We're in a good spot. We could use a veteran guy. You know, like they've had with Valanciunas that's really helped him. A guy who also got dumped for cap reasons to get Pau Gasol, but has just put his head down and has turned into a great player for the Grizzlies. And this really helped him for the next contract. And instead you get a guy like Iguodala that's how, just doing nothing. How can't they void his contract? If that I don't know about. Um, they could I, probably fine him, but I don't know yeah. if that's something that the, the Players Association... I agree. If you're a contender, into. though, you haven't played in three months? Mm-hmm. No? Like, no? Like, yeah. I would be questionable on that. Yeah, I don't know. So, I, I mean, at some point, you know, you, I guess you got to look at, at what this guy really wants to do and whether he just wants to go to the top team and, and ring chase or, or actually play ball. All righty. Um, now that we're done zinging and grumbling. And jeering. We're going to give out one more shout out to our beer. Lock 27. From that place just north of Centerville in Dayton. <laughs> Block 27 Brewing, their Waterway American Wheat. Really good beer. Honestly, really good. enjoyed it. If yeah. you're if you're a yeah. big wheat person, I mean, certainly try this out. Mm. Yeah, I, I'm i not a wheat person. I took the gamble on this, uh, and it's very, very beer. good. Yeah, it's good. Uh, once again, as we say every week, if there's a beer that you guys want us to try, tweet at 30 Rack Sports, Facebook us, 30 Rack Podcast on Facebook and Twitter. Uh, let us know. Like we said, we'll drink whatever. Let your friends know. Let that guy at the brewery know. Hey, what kind of beers do you like? 30 Rack will try it. Let them know about the pod. Uh, we're trying to get ourselves out there, trying to get into the from the tens to the hundreds of listeners. So please let people know. All right, to end our show, we are, as we always do, shouting out people that made a difference in the Ohio sports world or the the world sports world this week so josh who are you shouting out 
Shouting out the Bearcat, Travis Kelsey, for getting uh, the Super Bowl ring. Uh, had an excellent game. Had a touchdown reception. Uh, had, uh, I think he finished with five, six or seven receptions. Um, but finally got that ring. And invented Dr- the luge. Uh, yeah, and invented the uh, Lombardi luge. Uh, so really happy for the guy. Uh, congratulations getting the uh, University of Cincinnati another Super Bowl champion. All right, shout out. To T. Kels. Zach, who are you shouting out? You shouting shout T. Kels? No, I said T. Kels. Oh, T. Kels. Oh. Uh, I'm going to shout out uh, DJ Carton. Hey, guy, get better. Um, I think what you're doing, I think that's a good thing for a lot of people, young people, whether you're an athlete or not, to really, um, to really see sometimes you just need to make sure. I think in sports, we always worry about the physical part, but uh, the mental part is can be a lot of draining. So, obviously... Shout out to him and just, you know, Buckeye Nation. We'll be ready for you when you're ready to come back. Yeah, you know those guys. Got to get your mental side right because mm-hmm. it can affect everything else in your life. Uh, speaking on another softer topic, my shout out goes to a man on Tulsa basketball team. Uh, guard Elijah Joyner. Oh, yeah. The game-winning three-pointer with his dad in attendance. Now, this was a big deal for him because it was the first time his dad has ever seen him play in college. Uh, Raised by his mother and stepfather, did not get a chance to reconnect with his dad until college. Finally got his dad out to a game and was able to hit a game-winning three-pointer in there. really cool story. Uh, If you guys haven't seen that press conference from him, really cool to see just tears in his eyes. Just so excited to be able to do that for his father. So, uh, you know, it's always a reminder if there's someone in your life that you haven't seen in a while you know it's always worth reconnecting because sometimes it means a whole lot for both parties even if you think that there might be some issues there hey you know this guy hadn't reconnected with his dad in years finally got something and you saw how much that moment meant to him in that so certainly cool to see awesome 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 shot too i never thought he would hit that shot that was a difficult shot crazy three and he's not one of those guys that's like the the three-point killer or the main scorer from the team but you know he's a starter and he was able to step up and hit a big shot and right now Tulsa is on top of the AAC and part of it's because of that big shot alrighty so that is our show tonight for Josh throwing his hands around and on the ones and twos for Zach zinging screaming about the Indians and uh, sticking out there for your mental health I'm Greg this is 30 Rack of Sports <laughs>